Shabbat Shalom, I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live From Home. I want to welcome our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members and all of our podcast listeners from around the world. It's Erev Shabbat on Friday, July 24th, 2020. And this evening, Brian and Deanne Rose and their family will welcome us into their home. They'll lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. After that, Rabbi Yuri and I will join Live From Home. And we will study the scriptures together. And then we'll return to the Rose Home at the end for a final worship song. Please use the share button right now on this Facebook page and invite your Facebook friends to join us as we're getting started. Also, I want to encourage you to hit the like and the follow buttons too. And we want to encourage you to participate with your comments tonight. At the beginning of Live From Home, we like to greet one another in the comments section, and then we can enter into worship together and study together. And it's great when we're studying to use the comments to put in scripture references that we're using or the text from one of the scriptures or even a pull quote from our teachings. I want to give a special happy birthday to Chris Dorman who turns 84 years old tomorrow. As we get ready to worship, let's thank the Lord for Chris and for this Shabbat. Lord, we thank you for Chris Dorman for as many years, and we thank you for the Shabbat, that we can be together and we can be with you. We can enter into your rest and be refreshed. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom. Now let's join the Rose family and live from home. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome to Beth Israel Live from Home. My name is Deanne Rose, and I am going to be ushering in the Shabbat with the lighting of the candles. Please join me, ladies. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, Asher kitshanu bivarecha, V'natan lanu et Yeshua mishicheinu, V'atzivanu la'ihut or la'olam. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us in your word and given us Yeshua our Messiah, and commanded us to be light to the world. Amen. Amen. Well, hello everyone. Good evening. Welcome. And let's continue our service together with our beautiful Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. And now the Veshamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. 
It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Sheshet yamim, asa Adonai, asa Adonai, et ha-shamayim be-et ha-aretz. Veshru b'nei Yisrael, et ha-shabbat, la-sod et ha-shabbat, le-dorot ha-burit ha-lam. Viyom ha-shvei, shabbat v'ayin al-fash, shabbat v'ayin al-fash. Enter his courts with praise. 
Rabbi Yuri is here. Thank you, Brian, in the end, for ushering us into Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom, congregation. Good evening, everyone, and welcome into our home. I'm so happy to share this time with you, and I thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Today is very interesting and informative chapter from the Torah. Today we can find one of the most important secrets for our faithful and successful walk with the Lord. And this is a Torah portion, Dvarim, words, and I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 3. So if you would open with me, book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 3. And let's go straight into the scriptures. Today I want to read uh, many places of scriptures, and I believe it's so important for us to to read it together. So Deuteronomy 1, 3. On the first day of the 11th month, on the 40th year, Moshe spoke to the people of Israel, reviewing everything Adonai had ordered him to tell them. In the scriptures that follow, we can read the history of our people during the 40 years in the desert, as Moses reviewed it for the tribes according to Adonai's instruction. And it's very uh, excited Torah chapter and chapter from the Torah, and it's so good to read. Moshe reminds them of all that had happened to them during that time, about the events that have taken, taken place about their actions and the consequences of their decisions. Moses makes them to stop, to take a good look at their past. And this is very important for us today. Think about what they have gone through. Evaluate their responses to events of that period. Take time to regroup their thinking. It was an important moment in the life of Israel. And let's be careful here. The first day of the 11th month, right one month before entering in the promised land, right before. Important that we also reflect on our own history. It is very important for us. I know that often our life is a blur as we are in such a hurry with our daily living that you may not even have time to think clear. Sometimes we are so busy, we are going somewhere, we need to do something, and it's always a lot of things to do. It's always, every day. So busy that we may forget events of not only the distant past, but even what happened to us only yesterday. Because we are so busy sometimes, we are going somewhere. When we experience failures in our lives, we may be uh, surely tempted to justify them by saying it was the will of God. And it's easy to say when something happened in our life, it's easy to say the Lord, it's will, or it's will of the God of, of Lord. It can be a very serious mistake to arrive hastily at such a conclusion. Consider the likelihood that failure in our lives may be the result of a sin in our decision-making or in our actions. 
And I know that to, uh, to put everything on God, to blame God for such failures is not being fair to him. So Moses, uh, he, he stopped there. He made the pause. He decided to, to discuss something with people of Israel. He showed them what happened to them in, in the wilderness. Uh, pleasant things and also unpleasant things. Everything. So we need to remember our past. To count our mistakes. And consider our experience. It is very important for us. God offers us a better way to deal with or to guard against failure. The scriptures do not leave us to die in the wilderness of our lives without a hope. And I want to read from Psalm chapter 46, and this is a very important psalm for today. Psalm chapter 46, Psalm 46, verse 11 and verse 12. And here's the same idea. Moses, he made a pause for Israel and he discussed with them their past. The same idea in Psalm chapter 46, verse 11. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Verse 12. Adonai Tsevaot is with us. The God of Jacob is our strong tower. I love this place. Be still. It means stop. Pass here. The important way to know the Lord, to find him in the midst of the struggles of your life, the first thing to do, to stop, be still, to pause. And then to know him. It's very interesting. After uh, Psalm said to us, be still, the next thing, know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. And verse 12, the Lord revealed himself as Adonai Tsevaot, who fights for us. And also he revealed himself as God of Jacob. And we know the history of Jacob. He went through so many difficult stuff in his life. He had to deal with so many things. His life was full of different challenges, but... The God of Israel, he reveals himself. The God of Jacob is our strong tower, which is promises for us today. That he was not only God of Jacob and not only strong tower for Jacob, but also his promise is to be our strong tower. But we need to understand it. We need to reveal it. We need to accept it. How? The first, be still. Think about your past. Think about your present. Pray to the Lord. Try to find him because he has something for you today. He has something for us today. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. I promise you we'll read many places of scripture. So let's, let's do it together. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus says Adonai Elohim, the Holy One of Israel. By repentance and rest, you are saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. And the end of this verse, but you were not willing. 
Again, such a promise for us. The same that Moses did with people of Israel, the Lord telling them, Thus says Adonai Elohim, the Holy One of Israel, by repentance and rest you are saved. In quietness, and what's interesting here, quietness connects with trust in this place of scripture. In quietness and trust is your strength. I believe it's for us today, so many voices around us, so many things happening, but by repentance and his rest, his Shabbat, you are saved. In quietness, in your spirit, inside of you, in your head, in your heart, and trust. Because when you're quiet, when you think about your past and you begin to trust the Lord because he was faithful before and he's the same Lord today and he will be tomorrow. You're trusting there. The wrong thoughts gives rise to a sin. A wrong action pushes for a wrong reaction and etc. How many wrong decisions have we made simply because we did not take time to consider? We didn't take to reason soberly regarding to a situation because it's not time. So many things to do. So many voices inside of us and around us. When we reacted quickly, many times we reacted on the basis of fear or pressure or anxiety or anger. We can have a long list of things, but the only one reaction is true reaction from the shalom of God in the quiet place, in the trust to Adonai. And one more place of scripture, it's Jeremiah chapter 6. I promise you we will go in the scriptures today. Verse 16, Jeremiah 6, verse 16. And again, the same beginning, thus says Adonai, not Jeremiah, not Isaiah, not Moses, not King David, but thus says Adonai, stand in the roads and look. And for sure, it's not about roads in Jacksonville or somewhere else. It is about ways of the Lord. It's about ways of the Lord in our own life. It is important to stand and look in our path. Let's continue. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. How can you describe more beautifully this idea? Ask for the ancient paths, paths of trust, paths of faithfulness. Where is the good ways and walk in it? When you will find rest for your souls, this is the place. Everything starts with rest for your soul. And again, but they said, we won't walk in it. Yeah, we know that we are sometimes stubborn people. But we came to the Lord and Yeshua told us, come to me, everybody who has weariness, who tired, and you will find rest, you will find peace. Again and again, the Lord reminds us to remember, to think, to stop and find the Lord before make any important decision in your life. It is so important to find him, to be in his rest, to be in his peace. Look at your past. 
consider your mistakes and victories. Find the Lord there, not only in your victories, but you can find the Lord in your mistakes and your failures because he was always there to help you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to be with you. I want to share with you um, simple steps, uh, some instructions from the scripture for a stable life with God. How to find these ancient paths. And I can promise you, I won't say anything new today because it is the ancient paths. It's not new, but it's so important to remember. Some of them, it's experience from my life and sometimes not good experience, but the very important things for us today. So first, first step, I would say, first key for us. And it's, it's very important to remember, stay still, stop, pause. That's the first thing. And actually, this is uh, today's Torah portion starts from this. It is most difficult also things to do. The most difficult is to stop, is to stay still, is to wait on the Lord. Especially when you are in the midst of something in your life. This is the moment when you need to decide. If you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is to do nothing. The very important, very simple. If you don't know what to do, do nothing. Consider your ways. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, the same idea. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And please read with me. I promise you many places of scripture, so let's go there. You are to remember all the, all the way that Adonai your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you. Wow, we don't like to read this place of scripture. In order to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart. And you know what? I think the Lord knows everything. I think it is important for us to know what is in our hearts whether you would keep his mitzvot, his commandments, or not. So consider ways, ask, pray, consult about the right ways in your life. And I know that it takes humility, sincerity to walk the path of the Messiah. It's not easy path. Messiah's road, it's not easy road. It's near, but it's straight, it's straight and it's difficult, but it's beautiful way. In Proverbs 15, 22, I love this uh, advice from the scripture. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans, plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. It is a great condition of our hearts when we, you are, or we are able to set aside our own understandings and humble ourselves enough to ask for advice to ask for prayer, for support, and especially it's important when we are sure that we are sure that we are sure that we know what to do. This is the time when we need to find the Lord many times in our life. Because sometimes the will of the Lord will go against our own experience and our own, or own wisdom. In Matthew, the very famous place of scripture, Matthew verse 26, uh, Chapter 26, verse 39, when Yeshua was in the, 
in the prayer, it was his prayer, and he asked the Lord, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Because he felt a pressure, he felt difficulties, he felt that his, his, this is his end, this is his crucifixion, the most difficult moment in his life. But the end of his prayer, yet, not as I will, but as your will. Our will, our soul, human essence will always resist God's ways and joyfully choose the delight of the easy way, experiences. But you know what? The great news that we have each other, we have a congregation, we can share our experiences, we can pray together, and we can support one another. And the last thing I want to read for today and tomorrow I want to continue. Um, it's the last but not the least. It is very important. Stay in the world. world. What else can be what can what else can we rely on today? On the on the word of God. Emotions, feelings, world opinions, news, life experience. Today everything contradicts itself. Complete confusion in the minds and opinions of many people around us. Today we need to uh, we need to fall in love with the word of God and communication with God. In doing that, we can find everything we need: all wisdom, experience, success, consolation, strength, everything we need in the word of God. It's very important. And I believe that only those who constantly cultivate this in themselves will be fruitful. And I want to finish with one of the most complete pictures about the importance of scriptures. We can find in the scriptures. It's the second Timothy, verse 3, verse 13, uh, chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. And I want to conclude with it because it is so important for us. This is Rabbi Shaul or Apostle Paul saying to Timothy, he's giving him advice, he's uh, letting him know what to do, what is his path, what is his future, where to go, where his wisdom be. So verse 14, let's read from verse 14. You, however, continuing what you have learned and what you have become convinced of. Continue. For you know from whom you have learned and, what, and that from childhood you have known the secret writings that are able to make your wise, leading to salvation through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. So wisdom here, salvation here, through trust in Messiah Yeshua here. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching for reproof, for restoration, power of restoration, and for training in righteousness. And verse 17, so that the person belonging to God may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. What can we add here? If we want to be wise and know the Lord, this is the only way the way is to allow his word 
because there's source of God's wisdom for us. And I know that we want to change the world, and it's a very important part. And one of the biggest parts of changing the world around us is the changing ourselves through the scriptures, through the time with the Lord, through the prayers. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Let's welcome Rabbi David. Rabbi David. Rabbi Yuri, thank you so much for that message. It was really practical, very useful, I think, to help us pay attention to how we can review our own lives, how we can look back and we can see both the successes and the failures and learn from them. And I think as we're reading this Torah portion this week, we see this great emphasis on some of the failures of Israel and it can cause us to, to switch into sort of a, uh, a critical view as if they were different than we are, when in fact, we read about the failures of Israel so that we can confront our own failures today. I think that this passage is meant to help us recognize our vulnerabilities and the ways that we too can sin and to push us towards the question, what can we do about our own vulnerability to sin? Let's look at Moses' recollection of the time when the Lord wanted to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And if you remember, 12 leaders went out to spy out the land and to bring back a report to Moses. And his summary is in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 25. I'll read to you a few verses. The spies took some of the produce of the land and brought it down to us. They also brought back word to us. The land Adonai, our God, is giving to us is good. So they came back and they presented the produce, which was wonderful, and they made this declaration, the land the Lord our God is giving us is good. That was a positive perspective. And here Moses is underlining the good reports that were given. Not everybody gave a good report about everything, but it helps us understand, I think, what is essential for us and what was essential for them. To make a statement in their hearts, the land the Lord our God is giving us is good. And in the midst of our own current challenges and the global challenges, really, that everyone on the face of the earth is, is dealing with now, do we have this same positive attitude? The future with all of its challenges is a future which God is bringing us into. Let's keep that in mind. In fact, some of you, uh, I, I want you to underline this for yourself. Maybe you can write in the comment. The future, with all of its challenges, is a future which God is bringing us into. Some people have lost this sense that God is the master of our own destinies and that he has a future for us and he's bringing us into it. And they think that the bad news that they hear about, the reality of the difficulties that they're going through and what's ahead, they think of this often as being the future and only the future. And this is, I think, a terrible mistake. Let's keep in mind that God is not just concerned about the past. He's concerned about the present and the future as well. Now to verse 26. Here it switches over to the negative assessment. But you would not go up. Instead, you rebelled against the order, the command of Adonai your God. And in your tents, you complained. 
And this was the complaint that follows. It's because the Lord hated us that he brought us out of the land of Egypt only to hand us over to the Amori, to the Amorites, to destroy us. What sort of place is it that we're headed for? Our brothers made our courage fail when they said the people are bigger and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified up to the sky. And finally, we've seen the Anakim, the giants there. These were the complaints that people spoke out loud to each other when they were in the privacy of their own home. Look at the complaints because they were really complaints against God. The Lord hated us. It's like saying the Lord is cruel. The Lord is mean. He brought us out of Egypt just so he could hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Now, when our souls complain like that, we're already in big trouble. We're suspicious. We're negative. We see every challenge as a time of defeat. And we give into discouragement. Courage fails. What do we need at such times? It's a good question. What do we need now? We need courage. We need faith. And we need a sense of hope and a future. Three things that are very valuable that we can assess. Courage, faith, a sense of hope, and future. One of the ways that we can fortify ourselves is to read scriptures that speak directly to something that we need. If you're hopeless, read scriptures about hope. If, if, if you're um, discouraged, read scriptures about courage. Don't just wallow in your misery. Don't just retreat into the despair of your soul, but renew yourself strengthen yourself, fortify yourself. It's like good food, good vitamins. Eat something useful from the scriptures. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is one of my favorite scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Well, that's good to know. The Lord knows the plans that he has for us. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope, and a future. Their plans for good, the scripture says. The Lord says, I have a plan to prosper you, to give you shalom, not for disaster or not for harm, not evil plans, not bad plans, not even neutral plans, but plans for good. They are also intended to give you a future and a hope. Tikva, hope is something that we can get from the Lord. And I know that there are many times when people lose hope and then they just begin to critique the world around them and they reinforce their hopelessness by the circumstances that they're in. But I can tell you that is not a, a satisfactory way of dealing with hopelessness. When a person has hopelessness, it means they do not have hope. Well, what do they need? They need hope. And so it's important, it's useful for us to refresh ourselves and to strengthen ourselves. One of the most significant ways that we can do this is to remember the promise of the new covenant that we have become new creations. We're not just the same old people that we were when we first came to the Lord.
We're not just the same people we were when we were struggling, wondering what is life all about, considering so many things, but from a wrong perspective. We are not the same old people who have just been put in new spiritual clothes, if I could use that metaphor. You just haven't been dressed up. That's not what's happened. You've been changed from the inside out. You're a new person, a new creation. And I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah... He or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. And then it uses this word, behold, which is, I think, sort of an archaic word. Better to say, look out, look out, the new has come. That's a great comment to put into uh, our comment section. Look out, exclamation point, the new has come, exclamation point. Look out, everyone. The new has come. You're not stuck in your past. You are not just the old you who is trying to cope with new circumstances. You are a new creation. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You and I are new creations. Why don't you write that in the comment section? We are new creations. Every one of us, young and old, male and female, slave and free, black and white, Jew and Gentile, regardless of your station in life, the rich and the poor, the frail and the infirm, we are new creations. Every one of us who is in Messiah is a new creation. And look out, the new has come. We've been reconciled to God through Messiah. We've been given as well the ministry of reconciliation. I want to emphasize this. The reconciliation that you and I have experienced because we've come to the Lord through Messiah, it gives us a new advantage in life. We can help others be reconciled to God and to each other. And that is so awesome. I think it's useful for us to remember this, that you and I have been reconciled to God, and that everyone who desires to be reconciled and is willing to, to seek the Lord with all their heart, everyone who's willing to get to the end of their own devices and to say to the Lord, only you can save me. Only you can fix what's broken inside of me. Only you can change me from the inside out. Only you, Lord, can do it. When we get to that place, and then we really do turn to him, and it's not just for a moment, but it's for our lifetime. It's our new direction to stay focused on the Lord. We get reconciled to the Lord, and the sins that we've committed, God forgives, and that cleans us, and it also fixes the barrier of separation between us and the Lord and between us and other people. There are barriers that are clear and they're obvious in the age in which we're living. There, there are barriers of culture and language and economy and education and social standing, of race, of age, of ethnicity. You can think of more as well. And the fact that we can see these barriers so clearly 
is important for us, but we can go through these barriers. We can go over these barriers. We can tear down these barriers. We can go around the barriers and necessary. Sometimes we can even burrow underneath the barriers and get to the other side where we can be connected. Messiah fixes things in our life. He changes our potential. He changes our reality. It's not just the old you. Stop acting like the old you. You become a new person. Put on the new person. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't just try to cope with things the way the old you did it. Remember this. You are a new creation. We're, we're new men new women, new creations. And this is connected to prophetic promises from Deuteronomy and from Ezekiel and others. I want to read to you these, some of these promises. Deuteronomy 10 verse 16 says, Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. That's an interesting one. For all of us people who are stubborn, I know I am, this is very useful. Circumcise your hearts, therefore. What's part of the remedy? It's not just keeping the old heart, it's circumcising our hearts and then not being stubborn or stiff-necked or resistant any longer. Let's stop blaming others. Let's stop blaming this cruel, unfair world that we're living in. Let's stop blaming God and let's get beyond that. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 has a slight variance that I think is very important because in chapter 10, the word is circumcise your hearts. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, it says, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts. Oh, that's so very interesting. When you seek to circumcise your heart, then you will find out you can't do it. When you try to make yourself better, and to really deal with the deepest spiritual issues, the ones that plague us because they are part of our normal existence, the hard-heartedness, the, the pushback that, that we give to God and to others. When we really try to deal with that, we could get to a place of despair, but we don't have to stay there. We should get to a place of reality where we can say, I need to circumcise my heart I can't do it. How can you circumcise your heart? Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 explains the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. That's an important statement because it tells us that God wants to do something with us and then he wants to pass it on and spread it down to our children, to our grandchildren, to the generations that haven't even been born yet. God has them in mind too. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that, oh, this is so interesting, so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. It's so interesting. How do we get this circumcised heart? 
We have to repent. We have to turn to the Lord. We have to have that sober view of our inability to save ourselves. And then we have to confess our sins, knowing he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But how does he do that? How does he cover over our sins in a just way? How does he cleanse us? It is through the sacrifice that he himself gave through Messiah Yeshua. When God came down, and took on human form and became our kinsman redeemer. He did something for us we can't do for ourselves. And he provides a means by which we can be changed from the inside out. Where the Torah of God, according to Jeremiah 31, is written on our hearts. It's not just written on tablets of stone that we learn from. It's not just external to us. It is a absolute change in our nature and our ability to receive direction from the Lord. And this produces an effect so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. I remember when I was a young man and I was I was really trying to be a good husband and a good father and and I got frustrated with myself. I remember I was frustrated with uh, my obvious flaws. I mean, they were frustrating to me to see the the lack of character and to see the impatience that I had and to see also the the lack of of godliness that that was in me. I was I was just frustrated and that was producing a kind of despair in me. I remember driving around. I would do this sometimes just to get space, to get by myself. And, and I would talk to the Lord and I'd say, Lord, I can't do this. And the Lord said, no, you can't, but I can do it with you and I can do it for you. And at that point, I thought, oh, but it's not just what I'm facing right now. There's other stuff because after I deal with this thing, whatever this thing is right now, there's more to come. Have you ever been on one of those quests to improve yourself and you set out to, to, to remake yourself and you want to deal with one thing, then you want to deal with another? Well, in a sense, I was, I was doing that. And I was failing in certain areas and I couldn't make progress. But when I came to the Lord and expressed that to him, it's like, I can't make myself better in the condition that I'm in, I can't, I can't fix this. I felt like the Lord was very tender at that point, almost smiling like, that's right, you can't fix it. I will fix some of these things for you. And when I put more of myself in you, the Lord was saying, then you can love me more. And at that point, I thought, well, that's good, but there's more to come. And I tried to imagine, because I was young, I was just in my early 20s, I tried to imagine how could God possibly fix some of the deepest stuff that was in me that needed a fix? And I said to the Lord, I don't understand how you could possibly deal with those things. And the Lord said, Oh, there's even more than you can imagine. And at that moment, I laughed. I felt like he was laughing with me. It wasn't, it, it, I was desperate. I was uh, in despair. 
I was frustrated with myself and with my lack of ability to grow in the way that I knew I needed to. And I could see the obvious uh, fruit around me because of that. But when I was talking to the Lord, I could see he wasn't frustrated. He was glad that I was being honest. And he was glad that I was telling him that I couldn't do it on my own. And that's when I understood that he was, he was almost chuckling, if you can imagine that. Because the things that I was concerned about were just the tip of the iceberg. There was so much more that needed the Lord. And even right now in these days and this time, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm like everyone else. I have days of frustration and I have times where I think I can't do this on my own. I can't do this. And the Lord says, that's right. This is some of the stuff that I told you I'd work on back in your 20s. Now that you're in your 60s, I'm still working on you. I'm telling you this, folks, so that you know that no matter how old you are, you may be in your 60s, but there's somebody else in their 70s. You may be in your 70s, there's somebody in their 80s. You may be in their 80s, and there are people in their 90s and 100 as well. Moses lived to 120. There are people who are older than you, and there are people that are younger than you. There are people who have uh, more to go through than you do. They have more time ahead than you do. And there are people with less time ahead than you do. But what makes us all the same is this. We need God's help, and we need him to make us into a new creation. In some ways, this new creation is step is is like how can i put it it's a sudden transformation but in other ways it's step by step the lord tells us in ezekiel 36 verse 26 some of the details about how, how all of this works i will give you a new heart ezekiel 36 verse 26 what a powerful scripture the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That is so awesome. I can't do it myself, but he will do it with me. When I turn to Messiah, when you turn to Messiah, when you put your trust in Messiah, you become new. And here are some of the details. Your heart of stone gets removed and you get a hard heart of flesh that's tender. You get a new heart and a new spirit as well. And those are things that God does for you. But when it comes to, to our part, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. I'm thinking about what Rabbi Yuri said tonight, how he had a lot of scriptures to go to, to go through this, this time and more for tomorrow. And I think that's useful for us. If you take note of the scriptures, if you write them down, if you review the, the scripture passages and read them for yourself and take them in, if you meditate on them and you, you consider them uh, carefully, if you mold them over, if you ponder them before the Lord, if you say, Lord, what do you want to underline for me? How do you want to make this very practical for me? Then you'll get even more out of it than you're getting right now. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 22 and going to verse 24. Put off your former way of life. That's one part. Put off your former way of life. So separate yourself 
from how you used to live without God. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Put those off. We don't just cope with them. We don't just accept them. We don't just say, that's the way I am. No, there's something new. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's an interesting turn of phrase, the spirit of your mind. The way you think is connected to a spiritual reality, your spirit, God's spirit, and the spiritual universe that you're a part of. Verse 24, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self. It's one thing to take off the old self, but you got to put on the new self. Don't be stuck in the past. You're not trapped by former things. You don't, you don't have to be stuck in a rut, in a ditch in life. And if you hold on to God's purpose more than the forms that you're familiar with, the religious forms, then God will do a great and mighty thing for you. I'm thinking about how God has reinvented us and he's created us in a whole new way through Messiah. And, and we can reflect this. And when we do, we also can be open to a new kind of creativity and inventiveness that is really needed for this season in world history. And from a spiritual point of view, we need this. We need the positive, creative, can-do perspective. We need new hearts, new minds, and the ministry of reconciliation for sure. I want to close this message with a scripture that Sandy shared with me this week from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 15 through 18. And I want to encourage you, would you write that in the comment section yourself right now? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 15 and 18. I would love to see a lot of folks writing this right now because it is so useful. Starting in verse 15, therefore brothers, brothers and sisters, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or by epistle. And now may our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach himself, our God, our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, may he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. What a powerful and what a useful scripture. Thank you, Sandy, for sharing that with me today. I'm glad, Mishpacha, to share that with you today because I think it was useful for me and it's useful for you as well. May the Lord, who's loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. What a great phrase. Can you write that in the comment section right now? Good hope by grace. May he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word in work. I know some of you are going through real difficulty and uncertainty. Some of us are going through more difficult circumstances than maybe we've faced in recent memory or even in our lifetimes. And I want to tell you this, God can comfort you.
He can establish you in every good word and every good work. He can console you with everlasting consolation, not just temporary, but everlasting. And he will give you good hope by grace. You won't be able to get it for yourself. It's something that's not merited, that's undeserved. It comes from the goodness of the Lord, not for our own goodness. So I hope that these words from Rabbi Yuri and from me and the word that Sandy shared that I just passed on to you, that these fortify you and strengthen you and encourage you. I want to also invite you to watch Cantor Aaron Jacobs' Torah teaser on our, first, on our Facebook page because these scriptures um, that we look at are wonderful to turn over and to look in different ways. And Aaron Jacobs, our cantor, has published a Torah teaser for this week, and I encourage you to watch that on our Facebook page. I want to ask you to join with me with uh, in prayer for a few people. D. Crow gave an update uh, that she and her husband Tom were requesting prayer for their daughter Jill and for their grandson Zachary. Their grandson had just graduated from high school in Clay County last Friday night, and they're so proud of him. But a friend of his exposed him to COVID a week ago Friday, and they became aware of it just a few days ago. And both of them suffer from allergies. They thought the fatigue they were feeling uh, was just the allergies, but Zachary lost his smell and taste, and they were thinking it was COVID, so they got tested, and results were going to come on Saturday. But here's the good news. They got the results in already today, and they are negative. They don't have COVID, but they did have a serious other, uh, you know, some other symptoms. And Jill is now feeling much better, and she's no longer fatigued. And Zachary is regaining his senses of taste and smell as well as his energy. Dee sent this. Jill asked me to thank you so much for your prayer. She feels the Lord has blessed them, and we want to rejoice with them. Mishpacha, when you and I pray for people, it really makes a difference. And I'm glad to hear these good reports. And one other word, Tom and Dee had not seen them since they were exposed, so they're okay. They were keeping a safe distance. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the progress for Jill and for Zachary, and we thank you for the, the condition that they're now in where they are getting strong again and getting um, all of their capabilities back. Friends, we also want to pray for Maria Perez. She needs surgery for an aneurysm, uh, which is enlarged in an artery near her pancreas. She also has a four centimeter growth on her liver. She is traveling right now to Mexico, driving there with her daughter Yaslin. For, and um, when they arrive, then they'll schedule the surgery. And please pray for safety and protection as she travels and while she's in the hospital and for a complete and speedy recovery. Lord, thank you for Maria. We love Maria and we pray your best for her as she's driving with Yaslin, that they would be safe, that they would be protected. And we pray for the, the scheduling of the surgery and protection from everything that could create complication or difficulty in Yeshua's name. Amen.
A few more updates. Uh, Sandra and Gary Jakes gave an update on the sickness they had after having been exposed to COVID-19. They sent this report. Good news. Gary and I have turned a corner and feel almost normal again. Taste coming back. Just need our strength back. Praying, praising the Lord for keeping us and thanking everyone for prayers and intercession to Yeshua be glory honor and praise. So Lord, thank you for bringing the Jakes out of uh, their sickness, restoring them and renewing them. We also got a good update from Lawrence Barrow. We were praying for his wife, Imelda, who had gastric bypass surgery. And he says, it went well. Please let everyone know how much I appreciate their prayers. Thank you, Lord, for Imelda's surgery and thank you for protecting her. We pray for a complete recovery for her in the name of Yeshua. And then one more detail from Sam and Loris Chambers about their son and daughter-in-law and COVID-19. Um, this is what Sam sent. Our son Samuel tested positive for COVID-19, but only had a slight cough. He's now complaining of tightness in his chest. And his wife, Christina, who had previously tested negative, is starting to show signs as well. They have a young baby, Varian, who seems to be okay so far. Please lift them up in prayer, as this may be worse than we first believed. Lord, we lift up Samuel and we lift up Christina and baby Varian. We pray for healing for them. We pray for protection for them. We pray that they would recover. And instead of getting worse, they would start getting better. We ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I know there's at least one person out there who's thinking, do you really believe you can pray for people who have COVID-19 and it makes a difference? And the answer is yes. We pray for all kinds of sickness, for all kinds of medical issues, all kinds of problems. And we know that God is a God who heals. He's a God who answers prayer. And it's up to the Lord to do the healing. We understand this. But it's up to us to pray for healing and to ask the Lord, what do you want to do? And then to stand together with faithful confidence in the goodness of the Lord. So that's why we pray. And it's so great when we get great answers from people and they're thankful. So I want to encourage you, keep praying for people. Take note of this. This is part of our ministry. Yeshua said, my house will be a house of prayer. Right? My house will be a house of prayer. So we love to study together. We love to worship together. And we also love to pray together. It's a great part of our calling as a congregation at Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue, as part of the Messianic movement, as part of the body of Messiah. We are called to be a house of prayer, a, a people that prays, that seeks the Lord, and that's, that turns to God and cries out to God and gets answers from the Lord. Well, I want to thank everyone who is supporting Beth Israel faithfully, your steady giving, especially those who have set up recurring donations and contributions and tithes and offerings. Your faithful steadiness gives us stability. And it really is so important at this time. We appreciate your generosity, your cheerfulness, your sacrificial giving as well. And as we're doing the work preparing for in-sanctuary 
um, meetings again in the future. We know that there will be some additional expenses for the company that will do the disinfecting process for JSO, providing security as well. And we are thankful for everyone who is making special donations above and beyond your ties, special donations to cover those costs because they, they accumulate. And in the, the course of, of a month, it can be um, $1,800, even $2,000 above and beyond our normal budget. So thank you for your support to cover those costs. Some of you have been participating with us, and we're so glad that you join in with us as Mishpocha, studying together, worshiping together, praying together. And, and some of you today, maybe you're saying, I'd like to start supporting this, this Mishpocha at Beth Israel. I'd like to start supporting. Some of you have been podcast listeners and you're thinking it'd be good for me to stand shoulder to shoulder and to add my financial support. Or you've been, you discovered us on Facebook Live and we're new to you, but you're becoming part of this mishpocha. I want to encourage you to go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. And you can find out all the different ways that you can stand uh, with us financially. You can use our online platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal, which are very easy to use and to customize, to set up, and to also to adjust over time. They're very secure as well. We've never had a problem with either of them. You'll also find our mailing address that you can use to send checks in the mail as well to use uh, your, your bank's bill pay service to send funds to us. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your continuing support. And I can tell you this, as we stand together faithfully, we can do so much more together than we could ever do by ourselves. It's a blessing that we can stand together. And everyone who is a member and part of the Beth Israel Mishpocha, and everyone who is part of this family, who Maybe you're living in another city and far away, but you consider this your mishpacha too. All of us who are standing together, we are able to do so much more and to have such a greater impact together than we ever could by ourselves. Thank you for your solidarity. Thank you for your hearts of generosity. Thank you for your cheerfulness. And thank you also for your perseverance together, for that um, endurance that you have and that stick-to-itiveness, that Kadima attitude you have, charge forward. You're going to move forward with God and with us. We appreciate that, and we need it so much. Well, we're going to close with Aaron's blessing, as we normally do at Beth Israel, and then we'll return to the Rose family for our final worship song. So you can gather together now with family and friends, and, and here is the blessing of Aaron. Adonai. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord guard you and protect you as he watches over you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace.
So from my wife, Sandy, and from me, Shabbat Shalom. Now let's go to the Rose family for a final worship song.
holding each one of us right now close to your heart. Thank you, Father, that your word says that you hide us in the shadow of your wing, Lord, that we're safe, that we are protected, that we are loved and deeply cared for. Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone who's in need of your comfort, everyone who's in need of your companionship. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would bring them close to your heart. I pray, Father, that each person who needs a touch from you would receive that special touch, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, the one who loves us, who knows us, our kinsman redeemer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight for this time of worship. And we will be back tomorrow morning, and we hope you join us then as well. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Have a great night.